This message was preached as pulpit supply by Jared File. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it is beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you would, turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter uh, 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. We'll begin in verse 22 today. Now look around at each other. Look around at each other. Do you love what you see? (laughs) Do you love the people here in this room? Um, Today, we're looking at a command that uh, Peter gives to believers living in a hostile world. And that command is that we would love one another. And he gives us the basis for why we are to love one another. The foundation for how we can love one another. Um, Let's go ahead and look at our text, beginning in verse 22 of 1 Peter chapter 1. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from the heart, uh, from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass. And all its glory, like the flower of grass, the grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we thank you for this day that we could come and worship you. We thank you that you have spoken to us by your word. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Lord, help me, give me grace and strength as I preach your word in Jesus' name, amen. Peter begins this passage with having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. Um, This is connecting it with what has come before. Um, We've seen the word purified uh, when I've been with you in the past. Uh, as we look at the first couple of verses. Um, In the first couple of verses, it tells us, uh, to those who are the elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to, uh, to Jesus Christ, and for sprinkling with His blood. Right? Um, so the foundation, the, the beginning of this book, um, Peter is telling us, the, the audience of this, that we've been sprinkled by the blood of Jesus, that he has washed us clean by his own blood. So when we look here at verse 22, and it uses this, these words, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, that purifying has taken place by the blood of Christ. It has not come by trying to be a good person. It's not come by trying to be more moral, more uh, upright in our own behavior. The, The purifying of our souls can only come through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Having purified your souls. It's a past tense thing. This is, this is something that has happened in the past. He's talking to believers whose souls have been purified by your obedience to the truth. Now, what is he saying has purified our souls? 
by our obedience to the truth. Uh, Now, he doesn't say by our obedience to the law, doesn't it? It doesn't say that. It says our obedience to the truth. And how do you obey the truth? You believe it. We we have believed the truth that Jesus Christ came into the world and died for our sins. That is what has purified our souls. We have embraced the gospel. We have believed on him. And that is what has purified our souls by our obedience to the truth. And then he says, for a sincere brotherly love. For a sincere brotherly love. I think the preposition there is important. We're not saved by a brotherly love. We're saved for a sincere brotherly love. What I take that as is the reason why God has saved us, among many reasons, but one of the reasons why God has saved us is so that we would love one another. It's the purpose behind. So in God's mind, in his plan to save sinners... Part of what he was accomplishing was he was creating a community of believers who would love one another. I get that from that preposition four. We have been purified by our belief, by by obeying the truth for a sincere brotherly love. We have been saved so that we would love one another. Amen. So because this is what he has done. Because our souls have been purified, because we have believed the gospel, and he's done this all for, because it's the reason, uh, he's done this so that we would love one another. Then he gives us the command. Love one another. Love one another. Now, at first, we might see that and think, well, that's an easy command, isn't it? Unless you've been living for a while. (laughs) You know, uh, we, 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 we can think of all the commands of Scripture and, 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 and uh, we like it when we, people talk about love, right? But love is not easy. Uh, we are fallen sinners. We, we get on each other's nerves sometimes, right? Uh, we, and sometimes it's just hard to love. From, the, from Genesis chapter 3, when sin came into the world... Uh, Part of the curse that was brought upon uh, human beings at the time of the fall, uh, God told um, Eve that there would be um, that her desire would be for her husband and he would rule over her. So there's a, a distortion of a relationship that's supposed to be, you know, God created us from the garden to be in harmony with one another. To to live in perfect harmony. And that distortion of relationships happened at that moment. And I think it goes beyond just the relationships between men and women. But we live in in an era of disharmony. We do not uh, have harmony like we should have, like it would have been in the garden. God in saving us is redeeming us from that curse. And he has called us to love one another Earnestly, with feeling, not just, well, I'm going to treat people right, but really feel it. He says, love one another earnestly, earnestly to, to, to have it, have a true, real love for one another, not fake, right? You, you know what it's like 
to be fake. Right? Maybe you've seen people before who they're all nice to your face. But then they can stab you in the back. Right? Uh, you've seen people who, who, um, who may say to your face, well, yeah, we all love one another here. But there's just a cold presence there. That's not the kind of love that ought to characterize believers. We ought to love one another earnestly from a pure heart. From a pure heart, that purified heart that has been purified by Jesus, by the sprinkling of his blood. That is what enables us to love one another. We can't do it on our own, can we? We can't do it on our own. If we are are trying to stir up enough love in our own hearts by our own will, we can never do it. Because we often get on each other's nerves. We're all sinners. When you put a couple of sinners together in a room, people are going to get their, hurt, their feelings hurt. And, and, and people are going to rub one another the wrong way. The only way we can do it is, because, is when it comes from a pure heart. A heart that has been purified by Jesus. The love that we can give to one another is the love that doesn't come from us. But it's the overflow of what comes into our heart from Him. Verse 23, since you have been born again, he's already told us in, earlier in chapter one, we're to praise God, we're to bless God because blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, because he has caused us to be born again. And again, he's talking to believers. We have been caused by the Father to be born again. Um, and, and it's that new birth that enables us to love one another. If we've not been born again, again, we don't have the strength to do it. But it's since you have been born again, since you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. We've uh, in this book, in uh, the first chapter of first Peter, it's already talked about the idea of something perishable and imperishable. Um, in. Um, Verse four, it tells us about our inheritance to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. That 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 uh, um, inheritance that we have waiting for us in the future is is imperishable. And when I was here with you before, I talked about things that are perishable, like fruit. Uh, And my favorite example is is this this uh, this nice, juicy peach. Right. The nice, juicy peach. And, and it is it is so good and tasty and everything. But you might cut into it and find a worm. Right. It's perishable. Or you might uh, let it sit on the counter a little bit too long and it starts to smell a little bit sour. Maybe get a little bit mold growing on it. And it's perishable um, here. Peter is telling us we have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed. What is perishable seed? Well, that is, I believe it's talking about our natural relationships. Um, Seed is a is a theme throughout the Old Testament, throughout the Bible. Um, 
God, God promised Abraham a seed, uh, a, a descendant that would one day come uh, and bless all nations. Uh, Eve was promised a seed that would one day crush the serpent's head. Uh, and, and that's our, our natural relationships. Um, and Peter here is saying we've been born again. Not in the same way as our natural relationships, not of perishable seed. He's saying there that our natural relationships are perishable. They're like that peach. They're not going to last. We may enjoy them for a season, but they're not going to last. What he says is imperishable is the seed that has come through the living and abiding word of God. couple of things here. When we get saved... It's because of the Word of God. The Word of God is that seed that comes into our hearts. When we hear the Word of God, it burrows down deep into our hearts and begins to grow if we're believers. Uh, It is the Word of God that brings life. It is the living Word of God. The Word of God, the Bible, is not just a dead book. But it is living. It has the power to change us. As we read it, it interprets us. It's living. And it has the power to change us. Um, It's what causes the new birth. About a month ago, uh, I was able to share Christ with someone. And they believed. And they got saved. What happened there was not just me being convincing enough. I'm not that convincing. Okay, uh, what happened there was I, I came and I sat down and I talked with this guy and I began to share the word. I began to point to Bible verses and and uh, I began to explain how those Bible verses fit together. And he believed it. And it was God taking his word, opening this guy's eyes and he believed and he has changed He went from someone that did not have any interest in God's word at all. And now he's reading the Bible every day and he's texting me every day asking me, what does this mean? What does this mean? It's been amazing to see how this guy has grown. And it's the word of God that caused this. You know, that ought to give us confidence in evangelism. You know, we don't have to worry about how persuasive I am. We don't have to be, be worried about, well, if I say the wrong thing, will it, will it cause them uh, to, to get offended or something? No, we just share the word and the word does its work. And that word, that, that word here, that is, that is uh, the seed, it is imperishable. Um, here he's saying, that we've been born again, not of perishable seed. This is not our, our natural relationships, but this is the imperishable word of God that is, our, that is the seed that's caused our new birth. And what I think that tells us is that our relationships that we have with one another as believers are more strong and more enduring than the relationships that we have in our own families. Amen? We love our families. We love our children and our grandchildren. We love our cousins and parents and grandparents. Although although lots of times people have dysfunctional families and, and maybe they can't say that. But what is even greater is the love that we have with one another as believers. 
That, that love is a love that will last forever. And hopefully, our love with our own family members can also be shared forever if they are believers as well. But for those who are unbelievers, you know, um, I used to share this. My son has expressed faith in Christ. He's 10 years old. But before he had done so, I used to say, you know, my, my, my uh, bond between each of the believers in, in the room is even greater and stronger than the bond between me and my own son before he had expressed faith in Christ. And, and that, that, is, that is amazing. That is powerful. That ought to cause us to love one another fervently. We're going to be in heaven together. Amen? Now, Peter bases what he's saying in the Old Testament. He turns to a passage from Isaiah and says, For all flesh is grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. We all know what this is like. We get on that riding lawnmower, and we ride around the yard, and it blows over to the side, and... You know, it it, it may have a little clumps of grass here and there. And by the next time we have to mow, all that's left is compost. Right? All flesh is grass. It fades away. It's gone. It's compost. But the Word of the Lord remains forever. The Word of the Lord, the Bible is what lasts forever. When we share the Word of God and it goes down into people's hearts, that is what changes people for real. It's not our being persuasive. It's not anything like that. It's, It's the Word of God that remains forever. And finally, Peter closes this section saying, and this Word is the good news that was preached to you. It's the Gospel. So how are people saved? How are people brought into this relationship where we can love one another fervently from the heart? People are brought into this kind of reality by hearing and believing the gospel. Peter says this word, this word that lasts forever is the good news. We know the word gospel means Good news. The, the word is the good news, the gospel that was preached to you. So how can we have a love that will last forever with one another? By believing that Jesus came and lived among us, lived a perfect sinless life, died on the cross, rose again, appeared before many witnesses, ascended into heaven, and he's coming again. Amen. We believe that message and it changes us into the kind of people who can love one another. Not a fake love, not a love that that uh, turns people away, but a true and sincere love. Jesus said we would be known by our love for one another. And it's the gospel that produces that love. 